There are many studies that have shown that the main effect of combing and brushing is basically the gradual wearing down of the cuticle scales. So the outermost layer of the hair, it's it's like gradually wearing it down. And this, when you gradually wear that down, leads to that rough, coarse feeling of hair. And therefore, you don't have as much protection of the hair cortex. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Nicoletta Show. This is your host, Dr. Nicoletta Brankov, board-certified dermatologist, skin, hair, and nail specialist, and plant-based beauty foods expert. This is your place to hear the whole truth on skincare, skin trends, and myths, so you can get the tools you need to take back your confidence starting now. The information in this episode is not medical advice. This is for informational purposes only, and you should always consult with your doctor before implementing any of the information. Now, on to the show. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Nicoletta Brankov, a board-certified dermatologist, dermatopathologist, and your healthy skin, hair, and nails expert for high-achieving superwoman like you who are listening to this show. So thank you so much for being here and let's start. I typically don't talk all the time about hair, although I don't know if you know this, but I actually have a passion. When I was in medical school, I did a lot of research in different types of scarring hair loss, one of them being implantal pilaris, which is a type of autoimmune scarring hair loss. And now as a dermatopathologist, I am able to diagnose and read it under the microscope, the different types of hair loss. They're divided into scarring and non-scarring. So that being said, today's episode is really dedicated to Hair Loss Awareness Month, which actually is August. And in, in back in 2001, the American Academy of Dermatology decided to really give a month to dedicate to educating the general public about hair loss and the fact that it's so important to see a board-certified dermatologist if you have issues with your hair, if you have hair loss, breakage, anything like that. We see, diagnose, and treat many, many skin, hair, and nail conditions, hair being a huge aspect to our practice. So I think that it's very important for the public to know that we do because I, I get a lot of feedback people actually aren't aware. So there I am. There I am sharing that go see your dermatologist if you have a hair condition or a hair question. Okay, so today's episode will really break down the pH of your hair cuticle. What does that actually mean? I'll also discuss about the anatomy and how that relates to the pH. And then I'll break it down into the do's and don'ts of three things. So one is going to be shampoo. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about your conditioner. And then number three, we'll talk about brushing and combing your hair. Okay, so let's first dive into what exactly does pH mean? So I did talk about pH in a prior episode when I talked about toners and pH of your skin. So just to recap, pH indicates the acidity, alkalinity, or neutrality of a given source. The pH scale can range from 1 to 14. And just remember that solutions with a pH below 7 are considered acidic. And if they're above 7, then they're considered alkaline, basic. What's important to know is that your hair 
is majority of your hair component is a protein that tends to have the ability to carry a charge. If you remember in chemistry, general chemistry, you know, you have positively and negatively ions. So your hair can be neutrally, positively, or negatively charged. So the charge that that I just discussed is pH dependent sometimes. And so think of it this way. The hair, your hair is neutrally charged when the pH is approximately in the, you know, 3.8, 3.7 range. Now, I'm talking about natural hair. I'm not talking about being bleached or damaged. I'm talking if your hair isn't bleached, just your hair, basically. The scalp has a pH somewhere between 4.5 to 5.5. So many, many shampoos typically try to be pH balanced, and they try to have a pH somewhere between 4 and 7. Most of the time, this shouldn't lead to any issues for your scalp. However, what exactly would happen if you end up actually applying a shampoo with a much higher pH than that neutral 3.76. What ends up happening is your hair follicle is actually a pH of approximately neutral, like 3.76. What ends up happening is if you apply a shampoo with a higher pH than that, what happens is that the hair becomes more negatively charged in that whole pH scale. It becomes more negatively charged when that happens. And then the problem is that these negative charges from one hair follicle to another, they actually end up repelling each other. What does that end up happening? That leads to when those negative charges, you know, repel each other, that leads to more friction. And therefore, the friction leads to having difficulty actually combing your hair. Therefore, what do you have? You have frizzy hair. So this then leads to the hair industry and, of course, the shampoo industry to create shampoos that are promoted more to be acidic, right? Because they have a lower pH, saying lower than that neutral 3.76, because that low pH of the shampoo should, in effect, minimize the negative charge and thus give you what? Well, less frizzy hair. It's kind of a complicated sort of whole picture. So hopefully you kind of got that a little bit of that background about pH and shampoos. However, there is a simple answer to that problem, to that negative charge problem and those cuticles repelling each other. There's a solution to that. And that's that's conditioner. That's why you shouldn't skip it. So conditioners actually contain a positive charge. So a cationic is what we call it ingredients. So it carries a positive charge. And and therefore, then what happens is it binds to that negative charge of the hair. And what happens? It neutralizes it. What do you get in effect? No more frizzy hair. You get this smooth, combable hair. So that's why you should use conditioners after shampoo. And you shouldn't skip your conditioner because of those reasons. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if you've ever looked for shampoos based on a pH, but that's kind of the reasoning as to why that if you pick up too high of a pH of a shampoo, then what happens is you have too many negative ions and they repel each other, leading to then frizzy, frizzy hair. So that's why you should use a conditioner. So most really good reputable liquid shampoos don't have a pH that damages your hair, but of course it depends on the brand and what you're purchasing. Let's kind of dive into a brief do's and don'ts for shampoo, conditioner, and then the lastly is combing or brushing your hair. 
So first off, shampoo. Shampoo, I feel like when I was younger, I didn't use it the right way. You should put it more on the scalp, not just on the ends. But basically, you want to make sure that you concentrate shampoo more on the scalp. And when washing your hair, concentrate really on cleaning most of the scalp and less of washing the entire length of the hair. That's first thing. Number two is don't aggressively shampoo your hair or really, really rub it into your scalp aggressively. So concentrate it in the scalp. Don't aggressively shampoo, of course. And then when you rinse it, let it really flow through the length of the hair and then resist the temptation to kind of rub it into the length of your hair. Shampoo is mainly for the scalp and really focusing on there. And then when you're under the water, letting the rest of the soap fall through the hair ends. So you're really focusing shampoo on the scalp. Now, sometimes dermatologists prescribe certain shampoos for certain conditions. And in that case, sometimes we recommend, depending on which shampoo it is, to leave it on for about five minutes on your scalp, let the medication work, and then wash it off. But typically with just regular shampoos, you don't necessarily need to leave it there for a certain amount of time. But the important thing is that you aren't aggressive, that you really lightly, very lightly massage your scalp with that shampoo on the scalp and then just let it rinse off your hair and don't aggressively shampoo the actual ends of the hair. Okay, so that is a bit of do's and don'ts for shampoo. So next step is your conditioner. Conditioner, I mentioned the reason why it was created, of course, is to really bring on that cationic positive charge, therefore having your hair be more smooth, right? Combable and everything. So don't skip the conditioner. It's important to really try to use conditioner after every shampoo. And in addition, you can use a two-in-one shampoo, which cleans and conditions the hair at the same time. So you can do that. I tend to prefer the other way, but you can do the two-in-one shampoo. So using a conditioner in general can really improve the look of damaged hair by increasing its shine. Of course, neutralizing those negative, basically decreasing that static electricity, making it less frizzy, and of course, improving strength. Those are the reasons you shouldn't skip on that conditioner. And then number three is brushing and combing your hair. So it's very interesting. And I didn't think about this a lot when I was younger. I definitely probably damaged my hair too much when I was younger, but A simple hair treatment, even such as combing your hair, could lead to significant change and modification and damage to the hair surface. And so when you break it down, basically, the anatomy, the hair consists of the central cortex is what it's called. And that composes a major portion of the hair fiber. And this cortex is responsible for the mechanical strength of the hair. What ends up happening is the process of actually combing hair results in physical stress on all these hair fibers which then can cause the cuticles to flake and strip away on the hair cortex. There are many studies that have shown that the main effect of combing and brushing is basically the gradual wearing down of the cuticle scales. So the outermost layer of the hair, it's it's like gradually wearing it down. And this, when you gradually wear that down, leads to that rough, coarse feeling of hair. And therefore, you don't have as much protection of the hair cortex. And so here's a couple tips that I'd suggest some things to do and some things 
to try to avoid when it comes to brushing or combing your hair. So in general, of course, you should have used a conditioner, but always try to apply a conditioning product before brushing your hair. And just because it could be a cream or an oil, but what ends up happening is when your hair is dry and you just want to give it a touch up, it's important too, if you can try to apply a little bit of cream or oil, something on it, just so you're not coarsely kind of damaging it. That's number one. Number two is we want to brush our hair, but I wouldn't excessively brush it all throughout the day. If you need to kind of detangle, try to do it with your fingers. We tend to be a little bit more gentle with our own fingers than with a brush. And so that's kind of another tip is instead of trying to have it all perfect and bringing a brush with you everywhere you go, minimize brushing in that sense. Obviously not when you wake up, but throughout the day, you know, try to detangle with your fingers, especially if you have more of a very curly texture. It's a lot easier to detangle with your fingers than it is with a comb or a brush. Because again, you're more gentle with your own fingers and obviously your fingers don't have those stiff brushes. So now wet hair versus dry hair. So in general, wet hair tends to be more vulnerable to brushing when your hair is wet versus when it's dry. So try your best to let your hair air dry or you can blow dry, of course. Don't use a towel to really rub your hair super, super hard to try to like make it dry faster. It's better to air dry. But in general, let it become a little more damp. Don't right when you get out of the shower, it's wet and then you brush. Because in general, uh, brushing wet hair is actually more vulnerable than dry hair for damage. Now, brushes or combs, I would say in general, I, I like brushes that have very soft bristles. You know, if the brush is soft, then likely combing is more damaging to your hair. However, if it's a very stiff, stiff brush, then brushing could be more damaging. So it really depends on the type of brush that you have. The things to avoid with brushing or combing in a nutshell, try to avoid brushing wet hair as little as possible. Try to minimize brushing all throughout the day. Try to use your fingers a bit more often to detangle and avoid very stiff brushes try to use soft brushes it's actually interesting when you think of it like how often do you actually brush your hair i mean i brush mine in the morning and then maybe once later after during the day but most of the time i just detangle with my fingers so i think it's important to kind of just like reanalyze and look at what you're doing with your hair habits and see how often are you brushing do you carry a brush with you everywhere you go just take these tips and take them with you we just covered basically the do's and don'ts with shampoo, conditioner, and then of course brushing and combing, and just a little bit of the anatomy and science a bit behind the pH of the hair as well. So hopefully that was helpful. And if you love hair and if you're interested in learning more, I'm definitely going to be talking more about it. There's also going to be a healthy hair training toolkit in my course that's launching. That's currently there's a VIP waitlist going on. It's called the Healthy Skin Blueprint. And there will be a healthy hair training toolkit in there that actually you get as a bonus. So if you want to learn more about that, head on over to drnicoletta.com. And over there on the programs page, you'll see the Healthy Skin Blueprint. And you can sign up there on the wait list to be the first to find out. I'm going to talk about a really fun topic for the next show as well on hair. I hope that this inspires you to really take action 
and learn more, not just about your skin, but about your hair too. And if you want to be a part of my Healthy Skin Glow Gutter group, where there's high-achieving women and female entrepreneurs who want to have a community to collaborate with and really learn the best on skincare trends, myths, and tips, but at the same time be amazing at what they're doing by learning an easy-to-follow roadmap on how to really take action in their skincare routine and everything that they do, you can text GLOW to 480-530-8187. So again, if you want to have questions answered in real time by me, you can text GLOW to 480-530-8187, or you can just check out the link in the show notes. I'll link the group in there as well. And of course, don't forget, there's also some amazing freebies like the skin must-haves on the website on drnicoletta.com, or you could go to skinmusthaves.com. It is a very awesome, long freebie that talks all about your five essential skincare steps and more. So hopefully you guys have an amazing rest of your week. And don't forget to just step out with confidence, take action, and see you next time, beautiful. I'm over here virtually loving your glowing skin and cheering you on for finishing another episode of The Dr. Nicoletta Show. I am so glad you stopped by to learn more and empower yourself on how to love your skin one day at a time. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, just head over to drnicoletta.com for the show notes and all the resources from today's episode. It would absolutely mean so much to me if you subscribe and leave a five-star review of the show. Your support helps me reach more listeners and thus impact thousands and thousands of people. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, don't forget to step out with confidence.